Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. We're speaking with Howard Hutchinson, property rights activist and executive director of the Coalition of Arizona and New Mexico Counties for Stable Economic Growth. You know, I want to take a moment just to remind everyone that the Southeastern Private Property and Federal Land Use Conference will be taking place on Saturday, the 29th of July in Bryson City at the Swain County High School, the Swain County Center for the Arts, which is 1415 Fontana Road in Bryson City. Registration begins at 9 a.m., and the conference lasts from 10 until 5, and Howard Hutchinson will be one of the speakers there, along with myself, and we will be discussing, uh, we'll be educating everyone on private property right issues and also some of the things that we can do uh, to, uh, to fight the takeover of private land uh, by the government. I'm speaking today with uh, Howard Hutchinson, a property rights activist and executive director of the Coalition of Arizona New Mexico Counties for Stable Economic Growth. Uh, We have been talking about uh, the theft of private property by outright theft by eminent domain abuse and theft by regulation, which is just as insidious and just as effective from a federal government point of view. Uh, in your area, in the southwestern United States, what are there? What are the specific issues uh, that the government uses to steal and regulate land? Well, the primary motivation for forming the coalition of counties came with the listing of the Mexican spotted owl, and within a, a couple of years of that listing, the forest, uh, regional forester in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and that that region covers all of Arizona, all of New Mexico, and a portion of Oklahoma. His signature on a lie created a 25% unemployment in our county overnight. Now, I don't know what your specific economics are there. But if overnight you had 25% of your workforce unemployed, think about what that would would do to to the society there. I mean, it's a major shock. Well, uh, a a 5% drop uh, in employment uh, 
usually uh, result in severe impacts to an area. That's interesting that that actually did happen with NAFTA uh, about uh, 20 years ago. But you said uh, his signature on a lie. Try to explain that to us. I mean, you're dealing with the uh, Endangered Species Act. Is that the federal act you're dealing with here? Correct. Uh, The listing of the Mexican spotted owl was done under the Endangered Species Act. However, part of that law requires that all federal agencies do everything possible to ensure the protection of those listed species. And so once that species was listed, the Forest Service had a federal statutory obligation to do everything to protect it. Well, one of the listed threats to the Mexican spotted owl was timber harvesting. And so his signature on a line created an order that shut down the timber activities uh, in the entire region. So you went from having people doing logging, sawmills, and all of that wonderful economic activity uh, to having none for that one because of the Mexican spotted owl and that signature on in that uh, in the Endangered Species Act. Is that right? Uh, yes, it's a Forest Service action uh, that was a result of the the listing. Uh, there, there's. When I start talking about the regulatory impacts to private property in our area uh, and the regulatory impacts to the economic activity, there, uh, like I said earlier, there are multiple layers uh, that are that occur. Uh, we have uh, listed fish species. We have uh, multiple. Uh, reptilian species, we have plant species listed. Uh, All of these things are interesting from a biological standpoint in that our area is in a transitional zone between desert and montane habitat. And because you are in these transition zones, the species uh, develops uh, quite uniquely uh, in their in their evolution. And so we have what we call here Sky Island, uh, where the mountains uh, rise up to 10,000 foot elevations out of desert land. And in these transition zones and in these particular climates uh, where these species became isolated on these islands, they're rare. Uh, And so all it takes is a postage stamp Uh, and a petition to the Fish and Wildlife Service, and all of a sudden you have these rare species listed. What is is the benefit to anybody um, or anyone or the species themselves of of being listed? Is there an actual demonstrable benefit to be found anywhere? Is there a benefit for them to be listed? Uh, I, I would say, you know, Person, uh, as a person who really likes nature uh, and who has an aversion to seeing species go extinct, not necessarily just for their intrinsic human value, but seeing a species go extinct is, is not 
the value in listing of, I guess, some species would say uh, there there is a a value in, in keeping these systems intact with the species that evolved there. Uh, however, uh, most of the species that have been delisted have been delisted because of the faulty listing process and the faulty uh, census of those species in the first place. Uh, so the science is not uh, really there. The science is not clear. Uh, we did through the, our county organization, countless pages of research or funded research and, and found that the listing of the Mexican spotted owl was, was totally fabricated. Uh, and now, because the management of the forest have been shut down, we are burning more habitat than we ever touched. Uh, with Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum will return right after a quick break. We're speaking with Howard Hutchinson, property rights activist and executive director of the Coalition of Arizona New Mexico Counties for Stable Economic Growth. You know, that's, of course, a, a major factor here in our area is forest management. Um, you know, closing an area off does not manage it. And I think that one of the things we see here is our, our I'm going to say our version of the Forest Service, but our whatever you want to call it, when they, they close an area off, they're not doing their job properly. That forest is not being managed. And you know what happens when a forest is not managed, then it's subject to to forest fires that are uncontrollable because there's so much uh, so much fuel on the ground to burn that it's virtually impossible to stop it once it gets going. It's it's one of the conundrums that that we face out here. I was just looking at the. Uh, website for the Gila National Forest, it looks like we have uh, about, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. We have fourteen fires burning on the Gila National Forest alone. So right now, there are 14 fires in process, in progress, in in that forest, okay, that are difficult or impossible to put out because the roads have been closed off, there's so much fuel on the ground. Uh, that. So that's what I say. I mean, these forests are not being managed. There is no management here. They're being uh, sequestered. Correct. And uh, the the other thing uh, that doesn't get managed uh, are these uh, listed species. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service uh, typically uh, gets one of these petitions to list the species. 
They're overwhelmed uh, on their workload. Uh, they pass the 90-day period in which they're supposed to respond. The environmental group then sues for the procedural violation and gets a court order against Fish and Wildlife Service to produce a decision on listing the species within X amount of days. Uh, they do this, which then takes away from their ability to go out and actually manage for recovery of the species that are already listed. So we have this catch-22 type of system, and I'm not sure all of your listeners are going to know what catch-22 means because that goes way back in our in our literature history. But it it creates a circular chase uh, where the dog never catches its tail, and so these species uh, go on a list. They languish on the list. No recovery plans get done, and then they get sued again for not preparing a recovery plan. Uh, and it goes on and on and on. We have the Mexican wolf out here uh, that the Fish and Wildlife Service decided they would release into our area as an experimental population to recover that species. So we now have this animal running around with limited Fish and Wildlife Service personnel to manage it, and it just goes around munching on people's livestock, uh, chasing uh, people around the woods, and we're right back into another situation where private property is being taken without compensation. We're speaking with Howard Hutchinson property rights activist and executive director of the Coalition of Arizona and New Mexico Counties for Stable Economic Growth. And I want to remind you all that, uh, that if you're interested in uh, how we can promote uh, our agenda in rural Appalachian counties, such as Cherokee, Graham, Clay, uh, as well as the counties in North Georgia and East Tennessee, like Polk and Monroe and Blunt County, we are having a Southeastern Private Property and Federal Land Use Conference uh, on July the 29th. That's a Saturday, July 29th. Uh, the registration begins at 9 in the morning. The conference will last from 10 until 5, and it'll be in Bryson City, Swain County High School, at the Swain County Center for the Arts in Swain County High School, on 1415 Fontana Road in Bryson City, Saturday, July the 29th. Uh, and Howard Hutchinson will be one of the speakers there, along with Myron Ebel, who's the director for the Center of Energy and Environment of the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Myron Ebel recently served as President Donald Trump's advisor and Environmental Protection Agency's transition team leader. William Perry Penley will be there. He's the Chief Operating Officer of the Mountain States Legal Foundation. Tom DeWeese, who is a President of the American Policy Center and a leading advocate for individual liberty, free enterprise, and private property rights, along with Howard Hutchinson. So that ought to be an incredible day, July the 29th, in Bryson City. 
uh, and Howard Hutchinson, my guest on Freedom Forum Radio today, uh, is going to be one of the speakers as well. We were talking, uh, uh, Howard, about the Mexican spotted owl and other species. And you mentioned this is something that's pretty interesting to me, that the Mexican spotted owl was not really endangered. Uh, how did it get listed? Well, uh, that's another interesting and long story, but I'll try to abbreviate it. Uh, we had uh, some folks uh, move out here from the eastern area of the country. Uh, they were uh, well-educated with uh, degrees in literature and philosophy, and uh, they needed some work, so they contracted with the Forest Service uh, to survey the forest for Mexican spotted owls because uh, the northern spotted owl had been previously listed, and then somebody thought, well, maybe we should be concerned about Mexican spotted owls. Well, these three individuals uh, went out, uh, they surveyed, and they came up with a number of owls that they were that they thought were in the Gila National Forest and got together with a emergency room physician over in the Phoenix metropolitan areas in Arizona and petitioned uh, on the basis of the information they had collected to have the Mexican spotted owl listed. And that's how we got uh, the Mexican spotted owl listed. Now, what the Endangered Species Act is, is uh, the, the listing is based on the best available scientific and commercial information available. Their information was the best available, even though it was not complete. And so that's how we, we got the owl listed. You know, I understand that it's, I understand not deliberately uh, eliminating animals from the face of the earth. I mean, I, I get that. I think that's, I don't think we should go on out there and have a, you know, a national Mexican spotted owl shooting week or something like that. I mean, I mean, that's ridiculous. However, in terms of these species, um, if they are listed, should there be some measure of success of the program or failure of the program? And at some point, if there is success, should that not indicate that that you don't have to list them anymore? They're not endangered anymore? Does that ever happen? That is the purpose uh, of the re required recovery plan for listed species. Uh, although the activities conducted pursuant to a recovery plan are not often the catalyst for a species to be taken off the list. Uh, we have found uh, in some instances that there were listed species that nobody has seen in the wild for 20 or 30 years. And, in, and at that point, they were presumed to have become extinct, uh, but they were still on the list 
and habitat was being managed to protect those species. So, again, uh, when we try to look at a gauge for success, uh, we don't really have it in the requirements under the statute and under the requirements that are presented under the regulations developed pursuant to those statutes. There is no real common sense involved in it. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning.